Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing two articles that have been in the Beef Watch newsletter. The first is technical note, where are my cattle at, GPS sensors, and the second is focused on virtual fencing. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by two of the co-authors and researchers, Yiji Zhang, as well as Mitch Stevenson. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks. Good to be here, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. So kind of set the stage for us a little bit around the focus of these two articles. You talk about the use of global positioning systems as well as virtual fencing. What's the research that you've done with this technology and and where are you at right now with the University of Nebraska and using this in a research setting? Thank you, Erin. Um, so a little bit about myself first is my name is Yi Xiong and I am a assistant professor in animal science department and also biological system engineering department. And at, meanwhile, I'm also an extension specialist on precision livestock management. So a little bit on the global positioning system, which we call GPS system more often. Um, so that is using satellite fixing to track an objective. What we use the GPS system for research is we currently have GPS for multiple projects and multiple objectives. So one is we're tracking the steers and make sure that we know where they are grazing so that we want to tie that position system with their individual contribution for the methane emission, which is a global concern for uh, greenhouse emission right now. And that study has been done at the MREC Eastern Nebraska Extension and Education Center out at Mead on a really small plot. And I know that my colleague Mitch has also some study done on the GPS in GSL, and I will let him introduce that later. So talk a little bit about GPS sensors. What value do they have as we think about cattle research? Why would you utilize those? Sure. So I think a very interesting trend that we see is the fast and uh, advanced evolution for technology. So I think we all remember uh, one of the first GPS study back in 1940 was documented as like, so all the position system was recorded by human observation and the researchers actually documented say like full moon and cart light is really beneficial to the study. However, with the advancement of recent uh, technology, we were able to have those units on cattle and uh, we were able to um, afford them with a lot cheaper price per unit and more accuracy and much better battery life. So with the newer technology that I introduced in the BeefWatch article, um, is called Internet of Things technology, we were actually able to see the cattle or um, AKA the sensor location in real time and also be able to download the data 
to the frequency that we want. It doesn't matter if it's a one hour or two hours or 24 hours, we were able to utilize the newer technology for the type of research that we need with a much better and convenient data acquisition strategy. So Mitch, give us a little perspective on using this technology and thinking about range cattle and grazing management. What's the value of this tool as you think about understanding cattle behavior as it relates to grazing? Yeah, I think there's a lot of applications that we can think about just knowing where the animals are at. And a lot of it ties to our grazing management in that regards, because a lot of our grazing management, if you think about more water or, or fences or a lot of these other things are trying to control where those cattle are at. By having a GPS on an animal, you're able to see where they're spending most of their time, where some of the, the, the grazing management could really benefit an area for either getting it used more or getting it used less, depending on, on some of the challenges that might be out there on a given landscape. Um, and so, you know, we've really tried to utilize GPS to better understand uh, how things like topography affect livestock grazing and uh, knowing that they're going to spend more time in some of the lowlands, some of the flat plains relative to some of the slopes and the hills. If you have really kind of rough topography, also examining how far cattle will go from water, uh, how much they'll utilize an area at certain distances from water, uh, those types of things can really help us better understand how cattle are utilizing the landscape and then ways that we can improve that harvest efficiency by maybe putting a fence in or, or putting additional water uh, and those types of management practices. From a research standpoint, you know, we've really tried to, to look and as Gigi kind of pointed out, they're using it to to look at where cattle are located in reference to some, some sensors to, to calculate methane emissions and those types of things. You know, what we're trying to look at too is how different management practices affect things like the amount of time spent grazing or the amount of time spent spent walking or resting and, and, and some of these other metrics that we can pick up from some of these GPS sensors. You know, right now at, at Goodmanson, we have a project where we're using high frequency GPS. So, so we're collecting data every second to explore more about uh, certain relationships between cows and calves. So how much time do they spend together? What are the different characteristics of that cow and calf that might affect how much time they spend near one another. We also can do some algorithms where we can actually determine whether they're, they're likely nursing or not. And so, so really, we're able to use these GPS sensors to, to ask certain questions that we weren't able to do before. As EG kind of mentioned, you know, before it was, it was a graduate student or the researcher basically out with binoculars watching that animal, which in, in extensive environments was very difficult to do, and especially at nighttime. You know, I was just talking with a researcher recently about how, you know, in the 80s, they used some, some night vision goggles even so they could, they could uh, watch, watch where the cattle were, were grazing and some of their activity and those types of things. And so, you know, you can start to pick up a lot when you learn about an animal's activity patterns and then and how those relate to some of the performance or production as well. And so, you know, before when you had visual observations, you can only do so many because it was really difficult to get your eyes on that many animals. But with the cost of GPS sensors and other sensors coming down, we could put them on dozens of animals, even up to the hundreds of animals, and be able to track what a whole herd's doing, pick up some of this variability between animals in terms of how they graze, where they graze, and those types of questions that we're starting to answer. Yuji, tell us a little about the history of virtual fencing 
and and how it came about. What's the technology that's there, and how has that technology changed and evolved to where it is today? So virtual fencing, by definition, it refers to using technology to create an invisible area, which should function similarly to the physical fence, and we can manage the cattle to stay within or away from that、uh, designated area. So a little bit history about virtual fencing is、um, the first virtual fence technology was developed for、uh, research only in the late 1980s. However, since then, more robust testing of different designs has emerged in about early 2000, and、uh, since 2000, some of the virtual fencing product have come into commercialization. Not a lot of them available, but there are commercial product available right now. So. A little bit dive into how does the virtual fencing work. So we talk about GPS earlier, and the virtual fencing actually、um, utilizes similar collars, similar housing design, but it will have two more additional mechanisms, which including a sound alarm and also a gentle electric shock alarm to accompany with the GPS sensor, which consisted of the entire. System of the virtual fencing. Virtual fencing, or currently the most modern technology, always coupled with the Internet of Things, will allow you to actually see where the cattle are and to see your designated area based on your own need. And、uh, you can also change the settings in the website and in the tool to change the virtual fence areas and you know how many cattle you wanted to manage. So that is basically the the boat part of the virtual fencing, and then usually there are two bounded areas. When the cattle are approaching to the first layer, only a sound alarm will be initiated. However, if the cattle keep moving, she's a little bit stubborn, and then go to the second layer, and then there will be a gentle shock initiated. Um, to encourage her or convince her to come back, so that's how the virtual fencing works. So it's not unlike what we see on the market today for、uh, collars for things like pets.、Uh, thinking here of dogs, where you may have a virtual fence around your property. It's not an actual physical barrier, but、uh, the dog has a collar, and when the dog gets close to the virtual fence, it、uh, gets a signal and and may get shocked if it breaks the barrier. Is that correct? And Mitch, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the technology or the basic theory is really similar. The difference is you have a really big house you wanted to monitor for these ranges, and you have probably a thousand cattle versus you just have one dot. But the theory behind it is are really similar. Yeah, yeah, I think in in concept, it's it's very similar to that. And、uh, the way the way that we have it set up at Goodmanson now, we're working with a company, and and there are base stations that have cellular phone reception, and that's what's used to actually speak to the callers、uh, to bring down call data from the caller, and to also to to change, let's say, the fence that you want to put out. So there's these base stations that need to have cellular reception, but then they also have the the GPS capability to to link in where that animal is in relation to the fence, and so in in this concept. 
concept. There's a lot of technology that's tied into it. As Zigi kind of pointed out, it's, it's been researched for a number of years, but it's just really moving into the area where it can be utilized commercially. And um, it really could ha- offer, I think, a lot of opportunity uh, to, to help with some of our management of our grazing. Uh, basically, you can change on the go. Very little infrastructure that needs to be built uh, as long as there's adequate water. For example, this last fall and winter, we, we had the virtual fence collars on about 30 head of cows that were grazing in a certain pasture and could pull it up online and see where they've been spending most of their time. And, and we, we, the ranch manager realized that, that they were spending a lot of their time in a certain area of the pasture and he wanted to go to another area. And it was kind of a low, lower area that in the summer it gets, well, it gets sub-irrigation. And so in the summer, it gets a little bit rank. And then in the wintertime, it freezes. So so it was frozen at the time, but those cattle still didn't want to go down there and graze very much. And so he w- was wondering if we could put that fence uh, in a place where it would, it would essentially force them to go graze down in that area for a little while. And so within about 10 minutes, we had a paddock put up. We, we had them to where they were going to be grazing those areas and keeping them out of all the areas where we didn't want them to graze. And, and we left them there for about a week. And, uh, you know, it really provided that opportunity to see in real time where they were grazing uh, probably too much and where they weren't grazing enough and provided an opportunity that we could essentially extend that period when they were out grazing. If they're in an area and you get out there and see, oh, they're really beating this area up, I better get them moved. Well, you can you can then see that, okay, well, they're really, really grazing this area too much. But if I move them to where they're utilizing this, I probably got, yeah, a few more days or a week more that I can keep them out here. And so so with just that, that simple movement, we were able to extend that time that they were going to be grazing out there. And so I think there's some applications in that regard uh, for really helping uh, a manager to manipulate or alter change where those cattle are grazing uh, in real time. But it is a technology. And, you know, we, we did have a, a situation where, where one of the collars did fall off. We had another situation where I believe a battery ran out. And so, so there, is, there is some limitations with technology. We can't put, we can't put all our eggs in a, in a basket. And, and uh, you know, sometimes we get a lot of questions about, well, you know, I, this would work really nice on, if, on some of the corn stalks that we're putting cattle out on. And, you know, I don't know if we're quite there yet terms of uh, use, utilizing that without some sort of physical barrier that might be surrounding a larger pasture. But I think the technology is moving and, uh, you know, it's it's continually improving. As we get these animals trained to this. We, we've seen that the animals, once they start responding to it, you, you can see a line right where they go up, they hear that sound and they don't go past it uh, as, as very much at all. There was some research out of uh, Oregon recently that the first day they they had about a 94% effective where cattle weren't going past where that fence was. But then after that, it was very minimal that they even saw them uh, getting shocked from that standpoint. Another research in, out of uh, Oklahoma has looked at, at uh, cortisol levels using uh, fecal and hair cortisol levels of the animals to see if there is more stress on those animals in this type of situation compared to just a, a, a fence situation without the GPS collars. And they, they really they didn't find much difference in terms of, of some of the stress levels that were out amongst these animals. And so really cattle, just like an electric fence, they'll learn to respond to these sounds and signals and really respect that. Outside a few instances where they might go through, it really does seem to be pretty effective in how it's able 
to control where animals graze. Let's talk about the cost of this technology. Uh, what is the cost at currently? What would be the cost for a collar? What's the life expectancy of a collar? Uh, just give us a little more detail around the technology and, and how it might be applied from a cost perspective. Yeah. Um, and so, so the costs are somewhat in flux a little bit because it is such a new technology. You know, the company that we're working with right now, there, there is some initial startup costs with these towers that'll read from cell phone towers and then read to the callers. And, and that's, that's in the several thousand dollars to set those up. Their system is more of a lease type system where you pay to have that caller with battery life, you know, it, it's a little bit variable. You know, we saw we saw a solid four months, uh, four to six months. It can probably go a little bit longer than that. But as, as technology continues to improve, that'll really help it out as well. This is the, somewhere between about $25 and $40 per year per caller is kind of how, how that kind of that, that kind of shook up. So there still needs to be probably more research on seeing how this, uh, where that break even might be uh, in terms of, uh, you know, cost to put electric fence, uh, you know, water, all those types of things that you, you would be able to offset with this virtual fence technology. And, and then also just the added potential for maybe grazing more acres, those types of things. And so we still kind of need to do more of that in terms of a cost benefit of it. But in, in certain situations, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of uh, opportunity where it could provide a lot of value, uh, even as is, you know, especially if you have large pastures that you've been wanting to subdivide, uh, but just haven't been able to to get there with it. This might be an option. I you know I hear a lot of folks that are using it uh, or excited about using it in uh, in the western states a little bit more, where they have a lot of these riparian areas on federal lands, uh, and just keeping cattle out of those riparian areas is is a big chore because that's that's what needs to happen on some of these these federal lands. And so providing those types of tools or opportunities to extend that grazing season out. I think could also be added into that cost, but but yeah, I think there as it as it gets down in price more, as we see a lot of our technology end up, there probably is a break even there, and I don't, I just don't know where we, we we're at with that. Anything else on this topic that you would think would be of value or interest to producers as we point towards wrapping this up? I'll just say real quick that as we think about this from a research standpoint, we're we're looking at a lot of questions that that tie to production, that tie to performance. And uh, so some of the things that we would do with these precision livestock management tools for research uh, helps us better understand or helps us better educate, provide information uh, about some of these production metrics. And I think that's that's the biggest take home of a lot of these tools is how does that help to improve production, improve performance, improve efficiency. And, and so from a research standpoint, we're able to utilize these in a lot of different ways to help us answer some some of those questions. From a commercial standpoint, I think there are some applications and I think there are several producers out there that are starting to work with, with things like virtual fence or some of these other sensors and are finding value in it and helping them become better managers. And by becoming better managers, they're better able to, to utilize their landscape or to visualize uh, other things that they need to improve on their operation. When, when I think about GPS is, is, and all the data that we've been able to look at on some of the ranches that we're working on, you know, some things really come up that you're just like, oh, man, I didn't realize or I didn't notice that before. But, but when you have this kind of 
image of a map on a computer screen that shows everywhere your cattle graze, you're really able to start to piece together some things. And then when you go out and you actually look on the ground, you're able to kind of piece those things together as well. And so, for example, we were doing some work where we, we saw the GPS cattle, where they were grazing, and, and we went out and we started looking at the plant community. And we, we found some, some pretty key differences in terms of the plant community and just, just re- relatively close areas um, that were grazed differently uh, from these animals. And so, you know, having just that understanding, that knowledge and, and, and looking at maybe benefits. I mean, it's not a, it, having small pockets where animals graze a little bit more and maybe you have some shorter structured vegetation. Well, it's not all bad, you know, I mean, it helps improve heterogeneity across the landscape, but, but it also helped us think like, well, yeah, if we put a, if we put a fence here, that would allow us to graze this even longer because we, we know we always graze this a little bit more. So, so that's where I really think the value of some of these, some of these precision livestock management tools could come into play and, uh, and, and just help us to, to, to better manage our rangelands. Um, and also even think about as, as we move into the future, having having these collars or sensors on cattle um, nearly all the time creates a tremendous amount of data. And so as we develop some of these algorithms around this or as companies uh, are able to d- uh, develop these algorithms and, and to verify, that's probably the most important thing, verify that it's actually accurate in a lot of different situations. We could start having things like, is this animal uh, sick right now? Or is this animal have some other problems? Or do I need to get out and check on some of these animals? And a number of other things. If they're calving, has been seen uh, that, that, that you can use some of these ten, uh, sensors to calving. So, you know, as, as things move forward, it may be that you have a virtual fence system that also tells you all these other things um, that could be linked back to production and performance. In my opinion, like precision livestock or precision animal management is a really hot topic right now. But what it really is, it is a technology that can be potentially used as a tool to improve the productivity and meet the our producers need to help them with improving their uh, management decisions without without the application part. It is just a probably a fancy technology. And I want to emphasize the importance of producers and their questions and desires. So when we drafted the virtual fencing beef watch article, some of those questions actually came from our producers. And some of the questions were really interesting. We've never thought about that. So we wanted to encourage producers and if you're interested in the technology, if you are, if you have any ideas or interest in uh, testing it on some of the questions that you want to answer, that is really helpful to us to come up with some design study to help you help us to answer that question. Well, thanks again for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. But for more information on the topic that was discussed on today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the two articles we discussed, Where Am I Cattle At? Part 1, GPS Sensors. That's from the June issue of the Beef Watch newsletter. And the second article, Where Am I Cattle At? Part 2, Virtual Fencing, can be found in the July issue of the Beef Watch newsletter.